Hello, this is the Wedding Industry Wisdom Podcast, your weekly podcast for people in the wedding industry who want to grow their wedding businesses. This is always recorded live on Facebook Monday at 7pm, so the one thing that's missing is your voice. Come and add it to the conversation by joining the Wedding Industry Wisdom Group. You can go on Facebook and simply search for Wedding Industry Wisdom Group. So this is our first ever one, this is how we got on. Hi there, my name's Chris Piercy and welcome to Wedding Industry Wisdom. I'm joined as ever by uh, Mr. Jack Brister. Say hello, Jack. Hello, Jack. Chuck never gets old, does it? It, it got old the first time you ever used it. <laughs> In fact, I think halfway through the first time you ever used it, it was already tiresome because we already knew that what it was going to be and it was horrendous then. So, uh, <sighs> yes, welcome uh, welcome to this uh, first ever scheduled live Um and uh, yeah, it's a, there's no particular format or plan for this whatsoever. It's just going to see who turns up, see what they ask, and see where it goes. Um, as we had no suggestions prior to what we're going to talk about, I have had a. I thought I'd better come prepared with some sort of small backup plan, so I've done that. Did, did you have anything planned at all, Jack? Absolutely not. Uh, I quickly okay, want to. So. <laughs> I just want to uh, mention if you are watching us live, you will see these microphones in front of us. Well, you see mine, you can't see Chris's, but that's because Chris's is slightly better, so you can be a bit further away from it. Uh, there it is, uh, just coming into view there. We reason we've got these out is because we are recording this, we're recording the audio of this, so we can put it out as a podcast. Hopefully later on this week, you'll be able to download this and listen to it if you... Not this week? No, I'm just very, very disappointed that you didn't you didn't bother to listen to anything I said or anything I put in the, in the text or the live, that we would have a big announcement at the end of the episode, which you've now completely ruined. So, oh, I'm um, sorry. I didn't. That, I didn't that, read that, the text. No, that 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 was our. Well, I thought we'd pre-discuss this. This is our. That was our. No. That was our bait. That was our hook to keep people watching until the end. Now, oh well, now they've got no reason to watch. They might as well go home. But basically, Julie's going to leave straight away because she's going to have had enough already. Um, so yeah, she's she's going to leave straight away. Honestly, Jack is just horrendous. But there we go. Anyway, uh, I I feel like people have been listening long enough to feel that they should have received some sort of useful information so far. So my backup plan, if we didn't have anything, anyone asking anything in particular, um, was to talk about um, action or lack thereof. I think that it's um it's really important within your wedding business to be moving forwards always, always be doing something or other. Now, this doesn't have to be anything huge. It doesn't have to be anything dramatic. But if you just sit there with the systems that you've got in place and the things that you are there, unless they're working absolutely perfectly, then there should always be some sort of action um, or something to move you forwards in some way. Because basically, if you don't do something, whatever that might be, then what will happen is business will start declining. You can't just leave your business to sit there doing nothing. There always has to be something going on for, for improvement. I mean, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Is it is that controversial? Is it? Um, I think it, I, I didn't quite catch all of it because my Google Home started making a load of noises, so I had to turn it off. Um, oh, fire today. With the... <laughs> oh, you're so glad you've got me here, aren't you? Uh, so I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that people just well I mean it happened to me when I first started is I just assumed I'd sit here and the phone would ring and stuff would happen and I wouldn't have to do any work it would just happen I wouldn't need to take any action and it took nearly two years to realize that that's not the case so I think it's something that a lot of people fall into that trap of assuming that things are going to happen without having to do any action at all not do any work 
Yeah, so I always think that there should be something going on. And the only reason when to not have something going on is because you've got everything absolutely perfect. And I don't think anyone... I think people would be absolutely naive to think that at any point they've got everything absolutely nailed and sorted because, you know, even if it is the case that you've got everything sorted in your business, there is always going to be change outside of the business, you know, for instance. Because, um, for instance, one of the, the tactics which I really get a lot of... Um, um, great results out of on Instagram may very soon become completely redundant if Instagram makes some changes that there that are being tested at the moment. If that happens, I'm going to have to come up with a completely new tactic for getting work from in Instagram, which, you know, it's the in which case there's two different um roads you can take. You can either sit there and bitching and moaning about the fact that, you know, this tactic doesn't work anymore or you be proactive and you come up with a new tactic. Um, so even if you think, oh, I'm going to sit and rest on that, the outside world changes around. It, it's things like the change within the wedding industry, for instance, the the fact that you know um, finally outdoor ceremonies uh, are going to be a thing without everything having to be licensed or whatever the the, the rule. What was it, what was the exact rule change? Do you remember? I don't know off the top of my head, uh, but it was to do with um, being able to get married outside. I don't really remember much more beyond that, if I'm honest. I think it was something along the lines of it wasn't it wasn't the venue that had to be um, registered anymore. It was just the person, so the person could conduct the ceremony wherever they wanted to. So you know that could that could is obviously going to be a massive change for people in terms of where they are going to be able to operate their their ceremonies because at the moment it is kind of very very limited um, to certain buildings or certain places, and now it's going to open up basically limitless options which is going to open up a whole new um, revenue stream for like stylists uh, florists and um, people on in that side of the business which is then going to inherently move potentially move budget away from other parts of the business so if you're just sitting there still not doing anything within your business eventually one way or the other things will start declining so you always need to be doing something to move forwards yeah I think that particular example will see a massive increase in people getting married in the, on their own home in their own house and in yeah. like marquee garden marquee weddings and that kind of thing i think there'll be a massive increase in that which for venue stylists and uh, florists and as you said those kinds of people are in for a great time because they'll be given essentially a blank canvas you know with a lot of venues they have bits and pieces already in place um but these guys will essentially be working with nothing they'll be working with an empty marquee and get to create whatever they want so that particular example, I think, is a really good one within our industry for people who are looking to uh, to get started. There's a great there's a great um, bit of information there. Uh, but yeah, you absolutely have to be on top of your game and you have to keep up to date with everything. Because even and I, we're not going to go into this at all, but you need to kind of have an understanding as to what's going on with Brexit and those kind of things as well. Because if you're not keeping up to date with that, then you know, if you're a supplier who has to buy in stock and that kind of stuff, it's going to affect the prices of that, which is then going to affect your prices. Florists especially, you know, you need to be on the ball with latest news and information so that you're able to make informed decisions moving forwards. I was uh, listening to the radio, I spent a lot of time in the car today driving places, um, and I was listening to, I think it was the Jeremy Vine show, I don't think Jeremy was on it, it was Vanessa What's-Her-Face instead. Um, 
and they were talking about uh, the car companies that are going to be that are looking two or three years ahead and talking about how Brexit's going to affect that and how they are starting to move away because of those those implications that could happen because of it. So you kind of need to be thinking like that and you need to have that forward thinking head going uh, when, when you are looking at the latest news and information so that you're able to make informed decisions. Yeah, um, and this is the sort of thing that needs to be thought about like tomorrow, not in six months time or something like that because if you worry about it when it is a problem then the chances are you know it's it's probably already too late because you know it's um so you know, certain preparations need to be put in place where where possible yeah. um but yes we're definitely not opening up that can of worms on the podcast or the, the episode is no, no no definitely not but it's it is something that needs to be thought about and if yeah, and not just that, anything in, in the news that is even remotely relevant to your particular business and what you're doing and what you're running at the moment. Yeah. Um, I was just about to add a really good point, and now I've completely forgotten it, so it can't have been that good at all, can it? Well, if you remember it, then you can um, you can pop in. So, uh, one of, so, yeah, just to kind of let you know what I'm doing at the moment, just to keep things moving forwards. Um, and, and I think this is, this is the thing that I think that I think it's really important to understand about me and about Jack as wedding suppliers. Yeah is that by no way are we kind of multi-millionaires living incredibly lavish lifestyles. We are, you know, pe- okay, Jack is a multi-millionaire. <laughs> so, no, we, we are uh, decent people making a decent living out of primarily wedding work. So we're not, we don't have people going out and doing all the work for us while we lay on a beach in Mexico. We are the ones going out and performing still. We are the ones dealing with um, you know the back end of the business mostly Jack has a, an assistant that helps him with, um, with uh, some of the bits and pieces within his business but we are still you know we're not multi-millionaires or something like that so we are still in the in the situation where we are continuously trying to improve all areas of our business so whilst we are giving advice and giving uh, selling courses and all that sort of stuff good stuff we are still actually learning ourselves and um because I think if you ever think that you've learned everything, then you know even less than you think you know. So, yeah. For instance, my, within my own business at the moment, um, I've find I'm not, and this is one of the things I should have done this about three years ago, but I didn't. Um, but I finally set up an RSS feed for my website, which means that I can um, get an email list built up. And well, I, the the RSS feed wasn't preventing me from having an email list but it was preventing me from sending out content to those people because I didn't want to have to write out individual emails every time I wanted to send something out. So the RSS feed will look for new content on my site and send it out on a scheduled basis. So that is something which, because I get a lot of people reading my blogs and visiting my blog and reading the content. So that's what the Google Analytics tells me. So I'm then probably got this colander effect where some people are kind of slipping through that like that net or whatever uh, and never to be spoken to again um and there's some people who will inquire at that stage but you know, if i've got a someone if someone enjoys reading some of your content then you should be absolutely giving them the chance to receive more of that content on a regular basis and i simply was not doing that so i mean the tens of thousands of people that have been onto my blog in the last two three years you know i've you know, potentially lost a lot of them by not having that in place. So, you know, this week I finally decided, right, I'm I'm going to get that done. And it was 
a hell of a lot easier than I thought it was going to be as well. Yeah. Good evening, Denise. Nice to see you. Um, so very quickly, in a sentence or two, just for those of us who don't know what an RSS feed is, could you tell us just very quickly what that is? Obviously, people can go in, Google it, find out more about it, but just very quickly, what do, what is it and what does it mean for uh, your business? It, in, in the most simplest terms, in terms of my understanding of it, it is uh, essentially it is something which scans through your site and looks for uh, new content that has been published uh, and then it then can relay that information to various different um, places. So yeah, that could be uh, as an email to an email list or it could be to populate a certain page on a website um, or something like that. I mean, is that simple enough? And it, 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 Very, very simple terms, that is what it is, yeah. An RSS feed will, and it will do it all automatically, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah. That's why it needs. That's why you haven't done it. It's because you were at a, at a time you were writing blog posts every week. I know you're not at the moment, but you're hoping to get back into doing that. So if you're then writing a blog post every week, you're writing eight hundred thousand words, something like that, every single week, and then you have to go and write an email about it, and then send it off to everybody. It's an extra couple of steps that get in the way. So the fact you've now put that in place to sort of automate that process is great. And the great thing is, is you can do this completely free of charge as well. You've done it for free, haven't you? Um, you've yeah. done it through MailChimp, which means it doesn't cost you a penny. Yeah, I've done it with uh, the WordPress thing that I'm using. Um, well, I think WordPress does it pretty much automatically anyway. But um, And then, yeah, set it up through MailChimp. Um, it took maybe an hour to make it look how I wanted it to look. I mean, it's... the the only disadvantage I found so far is you can't make it look particularly pretty um, without some severe coding knowledge which I simply don't possess and I'm not that interested in learning and I'm not that interested in outsourcing um, but it is going to, because I feel like if people are signing up for the that as content, then they are signing up for that based on the content of it not because it looks pretty um, Sure. so yeah, hopefully that's um, hopefully that's yeah. going to do well but you know, it's I mean, that is going to, I'll find out how well that's worked in the next couple of months, um, I think. So, yeah. Um, hello, Brett. Hello, uh, hello, Denise. Uh, hey, guys, if you've got any questions at all, drop them into the comments. We'll be happy to do our best to answer them for you. Uh, we've got lots of, lots of things to talk about. So, you know, we're happy to just carry on jabbering on amongst ourselves but if you do have any questions please do drop them in the comments That's, below and we will answer them yeah that is why we're here to answer your, your questions because obviously we, we the, the um previously we were going live a couple of times a week in the mornings and just kind of chattering chattering away um but we asked you what did you want us to do do you want us to keep doing that or did you want scheduled lives so we are now doing scheduled lives i think the last time i checked the vote it was literally 100 percent of people wanted a scheduled live so I think so. Yeah, yeah. Here it is, which is great. Uh, yeah, and, 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 so that's that's what this is. And presumably, we're going to do the same time next week. Probably, Probably. I thought so. And, yeah, and I, I imagine that will be that will continue for the foreseeable future, unless we happen to have Monday gigs, which does happen. In fact, I I do have a gig next Monday actually. I'm, if I'm so not next what, week then. No, I, th I think I should be back in time. I'll have to check the timings on it, but I, th I think I should be back in time. We'll work that out. Ooh. It's we'll kind of out. semantics, really. Mm. That's fine. It's not a big deal. Um, so to, to move on to what I'm working on at the moment, because of course we've got, we were talking about Chris's RSS feed and getting that all set up. What I'm working on, I am building out a new website, not directly, 
because Chris has got a new website and I'm jealous of his new website. Although it is heavily influenced by the fact that Chris has got a new website and I'm very jealous of his new website. As a percentage, yeah. is it 100? Um, it's 110% because I'm jealous of your website. And it's minus 10% because I already wanted to do it. Okay, so... Well, I'm glad my website was so good that it inspired you to directly steal my design. Um, well, I haven't directly stolen your design. Don't give me that rubbish. Um, so essentially what happened is I've been on Squarespace. That's where my websites have been for the last mm, five or six years or so, something like that. Uh, and then we built our wedding industry wisdom over the last um, couple of months. And well, I say we, Chris, because I know it. And we built it on WordPress. Chris built it on WordPress. Uh, and I've now seen the power of WordPress, how it works, what it looks like. And I realized that that's where I should be hosting my website. So I'm now having it built out in a brand new form to hopefully uh, increase conversions a little bit and uh, hopefully drive more traffic. That's my big problem is, uh, and it's always been my problem. And that's the thing is, you know, Chris is great at doing this. Chris is great at driving traffic to his website and generating leads. My problem is I go for uh, higher quality, which means I get less quantity and I get significantly less quantity on my website, but it converts highly. So, you know, I'm kind of taking a leaf out of Chris's book, seeing that he's using WordPress and how he's using WordPress and going, you know, well, maybe that's going to help me somewhat, you know, being able to see all this SEO stuff going on and, uh, and, and these themes that you can use and all that kind of stuff. So I'm keen to see how this is going to work once I've built it out to, to see what, uh, if I can generate some more traffic to the website. I think that I think that you will. I think that in Squarespace is is good, but I think it does have its limitations. Um, so I think that you will see. Uh, and I, and I I haven't used Squarespace, but from, just from what I've seen, but the plugins that you can get for WordPress, which can directly tell you how well you're doing your SEO stuff and things like that, is just absolutely incredible. And how readable the page is as well, which is a a, a massive consideration as well. Um, Mark Gerald is watching. Hello, Mark. He's a he's about Mark. he's about four hundred meters that way. Maybe just just on the oddly enough. Maybe. I should pop in, watch you. That's just from your bed. <laughs> just a little bit weird. That's a, there we go. Creepy and weird, isn't it? So yes, something we we, we finished on what you're doing. Can, can I, can yeah, that's the main. I mean, that is the main thing that I'm working on at the moment. I'll be honest. There's not a lot else going on um, so, in. in, in in the business other than working and performing. Yeah. So the, yeah, the, there's two things which I'm now starting to think up because it is coming back around to wedding fair season again. Um, yeah. I've, I've now run out of business cards um, and I'm loathe to order any more because I don't know if I'm going to go for a, uh, a brand refresh. I wouldn't say a rebrand, but a brand refresh. But then I'm also thinking it's wedding fair season and does my wedding fair stand befit the target market I'm aiming at so I'm starting to look at some new stuff for my uh, my stand but it's all really expensive so it's like that is the problem isn't it it's good yeah if you want the good stuff you're gonna go right I'm gonna I'm gonna because you can and it works and it has worked for me so far you can just go right I'm gonna get a couple of pull-up banners for like 30 40 quid each um and that's fine and I have a a table as well that I bring along um, and it, it's fine and it works and people book me on the day and I have good success with wedding fairs but then I'm going oh look at that nice curvy big backdrop thingy that's 400 quid 
Um, that will look really, really slick if I buy that. Um, and it's is it? Are you, are you having shiny object syndrome, or is it something that's actually going to help though? Because that's the problem. I think a lot of business owners have shiny object syndrome and then uh, regret that decision. Can you explain what that is for anyone who's is um, uh, shiny object syndrome? Is oh shiny thing? Um, so <laughs> it's you see something new and you go, oh that looks nice. I would like that, but. In reality, you don't actually need it. You like it because it's new, not because it's something you need. Um, so Denise says, if it helps, we have A6 business cards, just enough info on them, and an optional tear-off for email addresses and wedding dates. That's interesting. It's quite a nice idea. Te That's quite a nice idea. I like that. I've not heard that before. Tear-off things. I'm not full. I mean, all my all the information I, I gather on the day is uh, just taken digitally, unless they don't have Wi-Fi, in which case people write it down. And they are shiny. Uh, they're shiny, shiny objects. Amazing. Yeah, I know. It sounds like a great idea. Yeah. That to have those uh, little tear-off things. I think that's a really nice little A6 business cards. Quite a nice idea. Maybe that's worth looking into. Yeah. Now, uh, now I'm getting shiny objects syndrome. See, this this is the thing that I'm. I, I know that my we've you've seen what my wedding fair setup looks like. It's not elaborate or anything. It's very kind yeah, of yeah. simplistic, and it. No. I think it it all the branding and colours and stuff works together. But, I mean, I, f I think half the time people don't even look at the banners. I think that it's, it's I think that often people, people will look at a stand and go, oh God, that stand's not very good. But if it's, as long as it's not really bad, I think that people don't really care that much. But I could be completely wrong. Yeah. I <laughs> no, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that it's a, it's a thing that most people have that problem and it, it applies across the board. It, like when you go on a website, people don't look and like study your website. They have a quick skim on the first instance. They have a quick skim and go, yeah, it's not a crap website. At that point, they'll then start to read more. So they'll have a quick look at your stand at a wedding fair and they'll go, yeah, he looks good or no, he looks crap. And then we'll make their decision as to whether they want to invest more time talking to you or not just by a quick skim. Yeah. Um, so I think that you're probably right is that they're not actually that bothered. They'll go, yeah, it looks like a good website or it looks like a bad web, uh, or sorry, a good stand or it looks like a bad stand. Um, and as Julie, uh, is said the less is more, um, <clears throat> which I think is a very true thing in this instance, cause you can cram a lot of stuff onto a wedding fair stand if you wanted to. And I've seen people do it before and it can look truly horrific. I, I, um, so you've got to be very careful with I, that. I would go further to say, it, further than it can look horrific, it does look horrific. I, mean, I think if you've got every square inch mm. covered, so I've got, I've got a table that's probably ninety centimeters diameter. It's a because it's circular, sure. so it's like a it's like a cocktail table. I think essentially what it is. Um, and it's got a cover over it, and on that I have copies of my book because uh, people get a free copy if they book me on the day. Um, it has uh, my little uh, trifold booklets, um, and I've got a clipboard for taking down the information should I need to. And then anything magic-wise is in my pockets, um, and the table doesn't have that much space left on it after that, um, but it's a small table and it's not cluttered, whereas you often see people with like a 100 things on their, on their wedding fair stand, and it's just like you're wondering... That just looks too much. So, yeah, definitely not a rabbit in the hat. Um, we'll, <laughs> no, so, so, sadly not. Uh, health and safety and um, 
animal protection rules in wedding fa- uh, wedding fairs uh, doesn't allow it, unfortunately. Um, but yeah. Oh, you've asked, have um, you? No, I was making a joke. <laughs> Which is less funny now, I have to explain Sorry. it. Sorry. So, there we go. Um, <laughs> Sorry for ruining the joke. You're very good at that sort of thing, so it's, it's absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, I'm, and I'm also, the other thing I'm wondering about is brochures, because, or booklets, because, um, and I don't think this is shiny object syndrome, I think it is categorically something that makes you stand out so much more, um, but it's getting them designed, getting them designed properly, and they are not cheap either to get printed. So it's not the sort of thing. Let's see, Jack's got like is that, is that, is that A5? Uh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. And then, and it's A5. 12 pages? I think it's 16, I think. I don't know, I can't remember now. Uh, yeah, I think it's an essential. This is, these are old. I don't know where the new ones are, so I think they're in the loft. Um, because they're up there with the wedding fair stuff. But yeah, these I consider wedding brochures for those of you who are listening on the podcast and not actually being able to see what I'm holding in my hands. It's a 16, I believe it might be 20 page um, booklet that is a brochure that goes through all the details on all my packages and everything like that in detail. I think it is something that really can add a lot to wedding fair season because people will we'll be able to take something physical away rather than just a business card or rather than just like everyone's got a trifold leaflet. Everyone's got a business card. Not everyone's got a brochure, especially if you can pay. Um, that was a, that that particular one is a a cheaper one because I was on a bit of a budget and it was, um, uh, it didn't have enough content in it to be able to make it bigger. So it's a smaller one, but that's, that's kind of fine. I was okay with that at the time. Um, and it was a small run to see what they looked like and how they, they came out. But it, it makes a big impact if you can give them something decent to take away, like a, a something that's sort of chunkier, they will remember you more. So I think it is something that's... Or a full book. If you can give them a full book, yes, Chris, that would be a good Which idea, I wouldn't have it? Done. You have, yeah. Which I do. But I, I'm not going to ask you how much they cost. No, you can ask but... me if you like. And no, it doesn't really matter. Do they cost so much that you are picky about who you want to hand them out to? No. Um, that particular one, at the time, I had business cards that were 1,200 GSM, I think. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who don't know what that means, it basically means quadruple layer. It's extraordinarily thick business cards. Those business cards cost me more per business card than the uh, these brochures did print mm. so they are not cost prohibitive at all it's well, it obviously depends how much you want to spend the ones i now have that i use at wedding fairs are more expensive those were about 30p each i think so not a huge okay. amount of money the ones i now have are about two pound fifty i think a brochure okay but it's more in keeping with where my brand is now so you know it, it's kind of relative are you not at all picky about that two pound fifty? No. Not even slightly. No. So if there's somebody like you never. I know you're definitely not going to book me. You're not like, for instance, and you you were listening. To this, you, you often have someone like it's, it'd be like a um, a mother of the bride who's there without the bride or the groom who's just come along to do a recce for the venue or something like that. Who's just literally walking up and 
grabbing leaflets off tables and stuff. Would 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 you let her take one? Uh, it's unlikely to happen at the wedding fairs I go to. The wedding fairs I exhibit yeah. at, you uh, you pay to get in as a bride. You pay a decent sum of money to get into as a bride as well. So mm. it's very rare that people come who aren't interested and aren't going to book. So I don't feel like that question is relevant to me, which is why I can spend £2.50 on a business... Oh, sorry, on a... Um, on one of these. Uh, Denise says, I think at £2.50, I would only hand those out for those planning. Yeah, which is... Julie. Julie, sorry. What did I say? You said Denise. Oh, uh, sorry, Julie. My bad. My apologies. Um, it, I think it depends on your market. So for me, I could hand out a lot of those. I'm not going to give the actual <laughs> number. I could hand out a lot of them and have one person book and it would still make me money. Yeah. Uh, so it's... <laughs> So she's so that that's the funniest thing. That's funnier than anything I've said today. She's called me Jock. Julie wins. Julie wins. She beats me. I'll give her that. Julie says it's okay, Jock. <laughs> I deserve that. Um, I, so I, I, I think Julie and me should do the podcast together. <laughs> uh, Denise also makes a good point there. She says, but if she took one, she might show it to the neighbours' twins who are both getting married. You never know. It could be worth handing them out. She makes a good point. You never know who they know as well. Um, but as I said, for me, at £2.50, I can afford to give a load of them out and not get anything back. For, I imagine, the majority of people, um, you would need to, you, you probably need to manage that a little bit more. The majority of people that work for kind of average everyday clients would need to, to kind of manage that a bit better. But, you know, these for normal in inverted commas, normal clients, you know, kind of everyday brides for, who have budgets of between 15 and 25,000 pounds, something like that. Um, this is 30, 35p, I think, each. And that wasn't a huge run of them either. And you can like, what, throw these out. What's the quality out. like in your hands? Uh, it's good. The, so it's got a thicker uh, outside page and then it's, it's a bond stock. So it is, um, it's quite nice. It's, I think it's 170 GSM outside, and I believe it was 150 GSM inside. So, yeah. I would thoroughly recommend it. It's maybe the most boring section of any one of our lives that we've ever done, <laughs> talking about paper, the, the, the weight of paper used within a... But there is also a lot to be said about this, um, because I'm very, very strongly of the opinion that the marketing material, the physical marketing material you hand out to couples does have a strong bearing on their instant you know, thoughts about you. If you're handing over a kind of floppy 80 GSM takeaway menu type flyer that, you know, they're, they're, they've cost you 3p each or something like that, then when people take them, it's, it, they, they know that that's really, really cheap. Yeah. Whereas you know, if you get handed, if you get handed a trifold thing that's like four hundred GSM, or you get handed a, a a brochure, or you get handed like I, I hand out copies of my book to people who I think are very keen to make a uh, booking with me, when you hand out something like that, it makes a massive difference to like people's um, thoughts about you because it it it's about value, and I think if if they think that they are being handed something which is a piece of crap. 
then they don't feel very valued. Whereas if they get hand design, which is obviously very high quality, if it's got embossing on, if it's shiny, if it's you know, if it's thick, if it's you know, if, if it's a book, if it's a brochure, then people are going to react differently to it and have a different opinion of you based upon what that is. Yeah, uh, a very good friend of mine. I don't know if you know John T. Sparrow. You know, I was of, arguing with him yesterday. You, oh yeah, you saw that about Stranger Things. I did see that. Um, well, or about right. when when you can give spoilers away. Anyway, um, never. He said that if you take a business card, you hold it up to your face and you blow on it, and it starts to flap and it starts to blow in the wind, goes in the bin. Um, so you need to have it. Yeah, and I feel like that that's something that I've kind of that stuck with me. He said it kind of on a whim, but it was something that really made a difference to me. So. It's something I think you should consider with every piece of physical marketing you give out that is uh, paper is that it needs to be good quality. Unless, of course, you are going for the, the lower end of the market. If you are going for quantity as opposed to quality, then maybe you should look at maybe a cheaper one. But still, I don't feel like there's an excuse for having um, takeaway menu thickness because it's not a huge amount of money to upgrade a little bit to half decent quality stock. Yeah. Um, I always feel like I'm hating on takeaway menus, but I think it just perfectly sums up exactly what everyone knows about it. But yeah, I mean, if you are operating at the low end of the market, and we've said on like countless times before, it's up to you to decide what portion of the market you want to hit. Uh, if you want to hit the, the low end of the market, that's absolutely fine. And if you want to kind of go as budget as you can to keep like your to make your margins as big as possible, you know that's you know that's absolutely fine if that's how you want to be doing it. But um, then you have to get a lot more work to get the same amount of money, so it is it is difficult. Yeah. Um, whereas at the opposite at the opposite end of the market, you know, it's it only takes a couple of cancellations, uh, and all of a sudden your monthly earnings look a little bit different. Um, and that's something that I've had to um, endure this this summer because I have had to cancel one wedding performance, unfortunately, and the rest of them I kind of got through. Uh, for those of you who don't know. I've, had a slipped disc for the whole of the wedding season, which has been absolute hell. Um, so, but yeah, I'm not at the highest end. Like Jack is, I'm kind of higher end of the market. So that as soon as a wedding performance is cancelled, that does have an impact on how much I'm earning in that month. Whereas, you know, you miss one gig at the low end of the market, it probably doesn't make too much difference. Um, so there is that sort of thing to, con to consider as well. So, yeah. Yeah, well, this is it's going off on some cool tangents here. I'm going off all over the place. Um, Julie's asked uh, Denise because Denise, both I believe both Julie and Denise work in stationery, uh, seeing what yep. the thoughts are on both of theirs. In, considering they work in this very industry that we're talking about at the moment of you know paper and stock and all these kind of things, uh, is actually relevant to what they're talking about. So I would be interested to hear if they have any thoughts on either of those while they're still here. Um, but yeah, I think you're absolutely right that when you are working at the higher end, it's some people assume that working at the higher end is where they want to be, but it's not always right for everyone because it does come with its associated risks. Of course, you've got to spend more because you've got to spend more to get each client, obviously, as I've already said. I was spending £2.50 on each of my brochures as opposed to the 35p that those ones cost me. Uh, and, but that, so obviously, I then have to buy those in larger stock, which means I have to spend more money to get them out in the first place. Uh, you then got to look at the actual performing and you know, an actual getting to the gigs and all of those kind of things. Everything starts to cost a little bit more, so there is an associated cost associated with it. 
associated cost associated with it. That was unnecessary, it was, wasn't it? it? Was a poor, that was a poor sentence. It was a very I mean, poor things sentence. Like, things like wedding fair. I mean, your low end of the market village hall wedding fair will cost you... I mean, I got offered a stand at a wedding fair and they said it'd be £10 mm. like uh, early this year. And I was just like, uh, I think I'd rather have my Sunday to myself, actually. Yeah. Whereas, you know, there are other wedding fairs, which are, I mean, I think the most expensive one I go to is £240. But, you know, there are ones which are three, four, five hundred pounds But, uh... There are some exactly. that are a lot more smoking. than that. Yeah, not 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 in my uh, not in my uh, not local to me. Yeah, you. I mean, you can spend upwards of three and a half grand on a stand. I've been told. Um, <laughs> Have you spent three and a half grand at a, for a stand, Jack? I've spent decent sums of money on stands before. Yes. Well, actually, no. The the bride show. Actually, I, I tell a lie. The, the bride show in Bournemouth, I think, is two and a half grand, but that's for three days. So, um, okay. yeah. But I'm, I, I was more specifically talking about individual venue. Yeah, I think on the whole, that's a, yeah, exactly that. And Denise has come in here and said uh, that lower GSMs, leaflets and flyers, give perception of quality of service. And to, to just to give people an idea, if they don't know what GSM means, it's basically the weight of the paper. That things are being grams per square meter. Exactly, grams per square meter, and and that's basically the weight of the paper. And she says anything above uh, two hundred and sixty GSM is quality. So, you know, and she is a professional in that industry. So I would definitely listen to her. There, she's asked me if I've done Olympia or the Excel. I do not. I've never done those, mainly because those are there will be five or six different magicians there at least. So for me, it doesn't seem like it's going to be working for me. It doesn't attract the right kind of clients that I want to be working with. So I don't do those. Um, I can see them being hugely beneficial because obviously they get thousands and thousands of people through the doors every single uh, day uh, over the course of, I think, their three-day events. So I think they are well worth doing. Um, so I think if you, could, if you are working in the market that they're attracting, then I would definitely consider doing it because... They are expensive. I don't know how much they are at the moment, um, but you will. There, there, there are a few thousand, I think. Yeah, there are a few thousand. Yeah, there you go. So um, I would definitely. Right, it's not too late to ask a question. So ask away, and we'll uh, carry on talking and answer your question as it pops up. Just to quickly cover that. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that the the other difficulty um, as a magician at something like the Olympia Excel is that you. I feel personally as if, as a magician, you have to talk directly to that couple because I, I don't think you can have an assistant there doing the selling for you because they want to get to know the person who's going to be interacting one-on-one -on -one with their guests on that day. Um, you know, They don't want to be speaking to your, your assistant who will say, um, still the selling, oh, he'll show you in a card trick when he's not talking to those people or, or something like that. So it means that you are... The footfall is going to be practically insignificant. I mean, my my favourite level of footfall is moderate. I I don't want it to be slow because then it just seems like the day goes on forever and you kind of just kind of end up checking your watch. And I don't want it to be like absolutely hectic because you end up talking to people uh, and then you're. I my most annoying thing for me at like wedding fair is when I'm talking to a couple who kind of are interested in what I'm doing. And whilst I'm talking to them, I can see people who are my ideal clients just walking straight past me. 
Um, and I know that these people probably, as soon as I start mentioning price, they're going to have their eyes fall out of their head. Um, whereas the people who are walking past, I know that that's a figure that's going to be completely comfortable for them. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that anyone who has to be there on the day and deal with people on a one-on-one basis, those huge shows are going to be difficult to to justify doing, in my opinion. Yeah, Brett has asked uh, how much value do you consider there in being always doing giveaways for the bride and grooms? Uh, Brett is a magician, just to give people context for that. Um, he's asking, for example, a special trick with a branded giveaway item for the bride and groom. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Chris. Um, I think that... Well, I'm more, more than happy to say that one of the things that I include in all of my... Actually, no, I don't include it in my bottom package because I don't want anyone to book that anyway. Um, but um, when I'm performing any of my other packages... As I'm going around performing, I will get uh, cards signed by people as I'm doing card tricks and getting them to write messages. Um, and essentially, at the end of that, that pack of cards is essentially... It has no value to me, really. However, for the bride and groom, if it's got things saying, have a fantastic day, and you know people's signature from being there, and hearts and kisses in the little two-year-old who's drawn a cat for a trick or something like that, you know, it's... Um, that is inherently has some sentimental value how much is it worth it's worth two pounds uh, uh sentimentally or you know the pack of cards that they've used on the day you know, inherently to them that has a lot more value so it's it's about how you frame that um i i don't think with a lot of things it's difficult to put them as an upsell um so i wouldn't i wouldn't do that but what i would do is if i i would if it was a route I wanted to go down, I would include as many of those things as I could that, without seeming like I was going overboard and include that in the normal cost of my service rather than it's this much and then, oh, if you want the souvenir tricks, they're £200. Uh, and then when they find out what the souvenir tricks are, they go, what, I get a block of plastic and I get a pack of cards. What? What? Why is that £200? So it's it's the same thing, but just viewed in a, like a slightly different way. That's probably my thoughts on that, I think. Yeah, so I think that at times people place too much emphasis on trying to get everything branded in one way or another. Um, I think something that is going to be a special trick in this particular instance, a special trick you're going to give away to the bride and groom, I personally wouldn't want it to be covered in my branding or even you know subtly put my branding on it. It's something that's for them to keep. And I do have giveaways that I keep for them and I give them, they get to keep forever and all those kind of things. I think they are a really great thing to do because especially if you can do uh, tricks that are going to be as a uh, mutual friend of ours, Ken Dine, I'm sure Brett will know who he is as well, calls them undrawables. Essentially, it's things you can't fit in a drawer, so they have to stay out. If you can give them impossible things and things that are amazing that are undrawable, they're going to keep them out and they're going to become a talking point beyond the wedding. If you, uh, just to be very specific with a very specific example that I personally don't do, but I know people do, uh, they do signed Rubik's Cube in glass bottle. Um, that is something that they can sit on the mantelpiece and will become a talking point for years to come. And it will, they will always go, oh yeah, it was, uh, someone will say, oh, what's that up there? And uh, you know, they'll say, oh, Brett came to our wedding. And, uh, or Brett Cyril came to our wedding. He was amazing and he did this at the end of it. And put the yeah, blah, and then they'll tell the story about how you did that. So I don't think everything needs to be branded. It it kind of has inherent branding when they tell the story. 
it should it should trigger a story yeah. and it shouldn't always be uh, what does that say there? Oh, Brett Cyril, I probably don't want to book him because he's got his name all over this uh, Rubik's Cube. Yeah, I mean, I, I missed the word branded there. In terms of branding, I don't think your your branding has any place on any souvenir item. The the the, the branding is the memory yeah. um, that is associated with it. I mean, the, the kind of deluxe version of the deluxe performance I do for a bride and groom, the giveaway is two pieces of paper. Um, so yeah. um, Jack knows exactly what that is, um, but it's and it has has no none of my branding on it whatsoever. And to be honest, I didn't even think for a second to include my branding because uh, my only thought when creating that for a couple is I want this to be as strong and impactful as as possible. Um, so yeah, I the the branding in my opinion. The branding should be nowhere near it, um, and the the value should be included in the cost, um, yeah. because it's very very difficult to put a price on it that doesn't sound like far too much. Because people are never going to pay the price that you want for it, but you include it, then they'll pay the extra for it without realizing it. Yeah, makes sense. Um, let us know what you think about that as an answer, Brett. Be interested to have some feedback on that as we kind of talking about it a little bit there uh, yeah I mean I, I feel like we're kind of coming towards the end of this now hopefully unless we've got some more questions uh, Denise says she doesn't brand anything aside from weddings uh, we have a funeral stationery business and wouldn't dream of putting our branding on any of it yeah and that's uh, that's exactly right it's a don't think it and Brett agrees same thoughts on branding I think it is one of those things that the memories create the branding because you want you want them to tell the story because if they tell the story about how you did what you did in this particular example, then it's going to create an emotion within the person they're telling rather than you, that person just looking at it and going, Oh yeah, that's a Ruby's cube in a glass jar. That's kind of cool, but it doesn't mean anything. It's got no meaning to them. So that's, I would a hundred percent think about it in the terms of creating a story that people are going to remember and going to be able to retell and that will be the branding uh, sorted for you. Yeah, I think this ties in something that uh, was on one of the magic groups uh, the other day was saying about referral systems um, and about you know, how do you get people to refer you, what, what systems do you have in place to get a bride and groom to recommend you to their friends and things like that. Um, and I, I think that the apps, because essentially the only reason you'd ever put your branding on a souvenir, giveaway souvenir or something like that is for furthering business opportunities, which I think doesn't, would never ever leave a good taste in the mouth of a bride and groom or a bride and bride or a groom and groom. They're never going to appreciate that. This is going to look like you're trying to get more work out of them. I think that the, the best and only good referral system there is, is to... Be a nice person beforehand. Be as helpful as you can. Get the booking. Once you've got the booking, continue to be good. Um, on When you go and do what you do at the wedding, whatever that might be, you do it to the very best of your ability and even better than you said you were going to do it. And then afterwards, follow up with them and express your genuine gratitude for having them be part of a massive day in their lives. And then potentially say do you know anyone else who's getting married and that is it mm. it's i mean i 
there's people have spoken to me and said, "Oh, do you think I should offer them like fifty pounds if they recommend someone else?" I was like, "No, absolutely not," because the people who do want to recommend you will not require any, you know, no. any mon- money exchanging hands. Yeah, uh, Brett's asking if giveaways create much follow-on work. It's one of those things that's unquantifiable. You couldn't possibly say. Um, I think so, but I I don't know for certain whether it's that specifically that it's creating me more work. But I'm not going to stop doing it because it might not create me. It might not be creating me more work because it's something that people enjoy. And I'm now seeing a very beautiful picture of Chris's thumb. Um, <laughs> I was scroll, scrolling, sorry. Yes, yeah, all right. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's just one of those things we can't possibly quantify. Uh, Denise also says, I think of any supplier, cake, Toastmaster, stationery, etc. If they're good enough, uh, guests will ask who they are, etc. It's very true. You need to, if you do a good job at someone's wedding, and you, even if you don't have business cards, you don't give out any business cards, you don't do any of that stuff, if someone sees you at a wedding, really likes what you do, and once you're at their wedding, they will ask the bride and groom where they found you. Yeah. That's the kind of level, that's what you want to be doing. You want to be at that level where you are creating such strong memories that that's, you are the only person they want to come to, and they will go to any length to find you. Yeah, I think that, the, I mean, I'm not sure where your head's at with what you're thinking at the moment with regards to giveaways and souvenirs and that sort of thing, Brett, but I think that, like when you are performing or when you are doing whatever service anyone does on a wedding day, your sole focus should be doing trying to do the absolute best job possible, um, not like thinking how am I going to get more work out of this? Because if you if you blow people away, or you provide a fantastic service, or you create a cake which unlike anyone has ever seen before. It will naturally create you more work. Um, it's it's basically a, an absolute given. Um, you, I mean, you obviously you want to make sure people know who you are. And if you're a magician like my, me and Jack are, there's no point in. I mean, when you go over to a table, when you go over to a group, you've got to be introducing yourself. You've got to be saying who you are, and then when you leave them, you've got to be reminding them of your name and things like that. So, you know, you don't want people saying the magician. You want people saying, "Oh, where's Brett?" I, I, I want to see. I want to see Brett. I want to see a, a Brett doing another trick. So make sure people know your name. But that's just kind of common courtesy in any way. But yeah, just just do an amazing job. I think that souvenirs at best are not even a one percenter in terms of getting future work. Um, He's asking. Uh, so Brett's uh, thoughts on a giveaway has come from a trick he's trying to work on at the moment. Uh, naturally create some memory items or something that you can keep and that's yeah so you should you you should be thinking about that how you can turn that into a story that's going to be retold over and over and over again and the same applies for any uh, any business outside of magic as well as how can you create memories that are going to last forever and ever and ever and going to be retold about how you did this and you went the extra mile you did something unexpected or your cake was so extraordinary, or you know, all of these things that you can do that are going to take you up a notch and going to make the bride and groom and the guests talk about you for years to come. That's what you want to be doing with anything that you're you're doing, especially when you're a magician and you're looking to put in a new trick. Is how can you make that memory last a lifetime? Yeah, I mean, I I'm not going to share 
Actually, no, I'm not even going to say it because it's, su it's such a secret that I'm not even going to share it. Not, not even Jack knows this, so I'm, I'm not, no, I nearly. Well, I'm definitely pestering you for it tomorrow. Feel free to. You'll probably, st you'll, you'll probably <laughs> still like you stole most of my good ideas, so. Yeah, yeah. it's true. So, um, I don't, well, I think we're going to wrap this up with just, um, just a, a few things about where you can find more information and what we can do to help you. If any other questions uh, pop up, we will happily answer them. Um, but uh, Jack, what, what's a good starting point with uh, wedding industry wisdom, do you think? I would say the best place to go, if you are listening on the podcast, then I would head over to www.theweddingindustrywisdom.co.uk. That is where you'll be able to find out all about us, what we do, and we've got some courses on there, we've got some free stuff. You can head over to our uh, quiz where you can find out in 57 seconds or less, well, maybe 58, uh, you can find out exactly where your weakness is in your business and what you need to do. And we also give you a very handy uh, little booklet for you to be able to uh, work on that problem and come to a solution to help grow your business almost instantaneously. Uh, we also have lots of courses on there that you can go and, and, and purchase and uh, get a lot of value from. You can also head over to our Facebook group, which is Wedding Industry Wisdom Group, I believe. I always forget what it's called, but I think it's Wedding Industry Wisdom Group, which is an incredibly inventive name. Uh, Chris came up with it, not me. Or you can find us on Facebook, on our Facebook page, which is Wedding Industry Wisdom. Just uh, search for it in Facebook and you will find us there. All very good. And we obviously have our free course as well, How to Run a Successful Wedding Business. This is a completely free uh, course. It is two hours long. Yes, what's over two hours? Two hours and six minutes or something like that. Uh, eight different units of yeah. the different things you need to cover in order to run a successful wedding business. Uh, and this is not just for beginners. Beginners will get the most out of it, but there are bits and pieces that I, I learned along the way from Jack and Jack learned along the way from me. Um, uh, and that, like I said, that is completely free. And then you know, for the, those who want to advance up to the next level with things, there are uh, courses available to buy as well. But yeah, your best starting place is weddingindustrywisdom.co.uk. Um, Brett says, like the 7 p.m. ping, how do you get it to ping? How do you get the notifications to work? Uh, if you go, we tend to go like, we'll, I, I imagine we'll continue to do this in the group. So uh, if you head over into the group and you click, uh, you'll see up in the top, there's a button that says notifications. If you click uh, all, show all or notify all, I think it's something like that. Then you'll be notified every time that we go live in the group. Yep, so do that. Um, and we don't have the uh, web website address for this yet, but as uh, Jack slips, let slip earlier, um, this is the first um, episode of our podcast, Wedding Industry Wisdom Podcast, which I came up with the idea for that name. Uh, because we became very... The name may yeah, change. Um, because we have become uh, aware that a hour-long live is very unconsumable, shall we say, in terms of like watching it back, whereas you know an hour-long recording you can listen to on a dog walk or you know driving in the car or whatever is infinitely more listenable too. So uh, that will be coming out um, at some point this week. Um, Julie says, "Do you guys do you guys ever work together? You make a good double act. We've never even met, so how about that?" No, we haven't. We've never actually met we in real have, life. That is we true. We've been in the same room together, we think. 
We have, yeah. We've been in. We've definitely been in the same room together, but we've never actually so met. So how how about that? It's just natural chemistry, um, and then Jack does what he does as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's time to stop for today. We'll be back soon with another live. But thank you so much. We'll Cheers. Be back soon. Thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Bye.